Welcome to What's Up with Dr. Rupp, where we explore the supernatural. I'm your host, Dr. Melissa Rupp. All right, we are live. So welcome everyone to another episode. For those of you who are new, this is a podcast where we explore the supernatural. We do it from a biblical perspective. We cover the good, the bad, the ugly. We cover the things that God rises for us. We cover the things that the Bible prohibits. We cover it all and we talk about it all. And we have a guest today and I'm so excited. We have Tracy Armstrong with us. So I'd like to introduce him. So Tracy and his wife and Natalie, they travel throughout the world. They minister and demonstrate the heart and mind of Christ as they're used to set people free from the bondages of sin and introduce them to a new intimacy with God. Tracy and Natalie are also the pastors of the Citadel of Seattle, which is one church in four locations in the Seattle area of Washington. And together with their team, they're committing to, to committed to reaching this generation that is asleep spiritually and absent in most churches. And they equip the emerging generation for spiritual, spiritual and economic influence. So Tracy is also a coach to business people and entrepreneurs. He conducts meetings for achievers and wealth builders in Seattle and Washington and abroad with the goal of introducing business people to their creator and equipping them to use their God creativity without limits to achieve and build wealth. And Tracy also leads some different training programs. Reformers is designed to develop ministry leaders and his coaching program influencer is designed to um, develop business and marketplace leaders. Tracy's the author of 12 books so far, his most recent being The Supernaturalist, which is what he is here to talk about today. And he's got a 13th book coming out already in December, so in just a few months. And also, not done yet, so he's also CEO and founder of Media and CEO of KVV Channel 33 in LA. So he is a husband, a dad, a pastor, an author, a coach. He's involved in media and TV, and this podcast would not exist without your coaching, and I just want to thank you and honor you for that. I never in a million years would have thought I would be hosting a podcast, so thank you. Well, Dr. Melissa, I'm telling you, it's it's amazing what you've done so far, and um, you were kind of in our group, in our in our group, you were kind of the spearhead to the podcast world. It was it was really great to watch you do that, and um, so thank you for leading the way. It was good. Well, there were actually a couple of other gals in our group, and we this accountability um, chat group that we had going on, and without their help, and my who at the time was 14 year old daughter. I, I would not have had this <laughs> up and going so fast. So th- those ladies helped a lot. And my daughter was a tremendous help as well. So, well, that's excellent. That's excellent. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to be here <laughs> with you. Know. I'm glad to talk about the supernatural and, and uh, spiritual things, deep things of, of God and the kingdom. Amen. And I don't know if you saw, but in our one of our coaching um, Zooms a couple of weeks ago, somebody had written in the chat, I wish I could be seven people. And I'm like, I typed back in there. I'm like, I feel like Tracy is seven people. Like you have your hands <laughs> in so many different things. I don't know how you do it all. It's, and now 13 books coming out. This is crazy. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, once you start writing, once, you know, I wasn't a writer and you know the story a little bit. My teacher said I probably should never write. 
and uh, my team, my, I didn't do well in, in, in my, my English class. So um, she said, I, you probably should just avoid anything that's to do with writing, just be funny and just have fun. And when I got saved, the Lord told me that I had words and I, I really didn't know what that meant. He said, I, you have words for business leaders. I, I'm like, I don't have words for business leaders. I didn't even, I had no idea that I had any, any thoughts towards business leaders. And so um, he says, I want you to write, write these words down. And within nine days, I wrote my, I wrote a book called Becoming a Pioneer of Success. And that wasn't my first book. That was my second book. My first book was on the gifts of the spirit, which is, which is very much the meat of this book. Right. So the the um but that book came out and that was a delivery of nine days and uh it was it was just quite an experience supernatural experience yeah look what god can do amen that's awesome so this book here the supernaturals this is what you're here to talk to us about and it talks about the gifts of the holy spirit and i was yeah. so excited when you first told us that this book was coming out because i was just finishing up a series on the gifts of the spirit on this podcast so i was literally oh, like i had one episode left and you were going to come on and then there was a glitch and a delay with your book yeah 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 <laughs> so, so maybe people will vi- revisit that podcast where you taught on the gifts of the spirit because this this will you know hopefully they'll inspire people to go back to that and listen to those those um, those podcasts, previous podcasts. Amen. So for anyone who wants those, that's episode seven through twenty, or you can buy Tracy's new book. It's all about the gifts of the spirit. So for for anyone who is new or they need a recap, tell us about what are the gifts of the spirit. Who are they for? How do we get them? Wonderful. Well, let's start with who are they for. Well, the, the Bible is not all inclusive, although it is all inclusive. It's all inviting. But it doesn't, you don't just automatically get access to everything. You have to answer the invitation. And so they would be for those who are believers, those who have received Christ as their Lord and Savior, those who have now, and, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll give you a caveat on this, those who have received Christ, those who are filled with him, those who are led by him, and we'll talk about that. But the key component is, is that you can receive the benefit of these gifts without being saved, meaning if I have the gift of healing and you come to me and you need healing, I can pray for you and the gifts of the spirit will help you. You will get healed. You will have a cure in your life. Now, it doesn't mean that when I'm not saved, when I'm an unsaved person, that I can actually flow in the gifts of the spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, that would be something completely different. So this is this is the this book really lays out um, who this is for. How how do you operate? How do you start operating? How do you connect with uh, with the gifts of the Spirit? But then most of all, how do you connect with the author of the Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit himself? How do you connect with him? How do you build a relationship with him to, to the point that you become like him? There's a scripture that that is one of the premise scriptures of this book is that uh, Paul is making a, a, a a declaration to the church that he's writing to, Corinthian church. And he's saying, I, I want you, I wish that you all would avoid ignorance, and he says that you would all uh, be fit, be be of the spirit, or be in the spirit. And he says, "I wish that you all would." And he uses the word pneumaticos. Pneumaticos. It's not this that you would have the gifts of the spirit, but that you would be spirit, that you would be governed by the spirit. Pneumaticos is a person who is 
governed by the spirit, not just a person who has a gift of the spirit. So one of the things I want to do in this book is take us out of this gift mindset to being that person who is governed and really changing our identity. We are now supernaturalists. That's our, that's our, that's our, that's our, that's our uh, identifier. And we are, we are governed by, led by, uh, directed by the Holy Spirit. And in in that that's pretty much, and we and we can break down each gift as as we get into the podcast. But it pretty much starts with your relationship with the Holy Spirit and your relationship with God. Amen. That's one of the things I wanted you to talk about. So I'm glad you already hit on that. But you really stress the importance of relationship with the Holy Spirit, relationship with the gift giver. So I'm glad you talked about that. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is, so one of the gifts is the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And I've talked on my podcast before about how different people, like they'll go on a missions trip and they'll go to a foreign country and they'll be able to understand a language. And you've actually experienced that. Can you talk to us about yes. that? Sure, sure. I've had different different encounters where I um, well, one one time I was in a youth service and I was uh, just telling every encouraging everyone to pray. Let's pray, and you know I felt like God was going to start something new in this youth 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 ministry and that there was a revival coming. And I said, let's just pray and let's pray in the spirit if you feel them with you know, with the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people say, well, don't pray in, in the spirit corporately because you don't have an interpretation. But the goal for this was not to pray. It was, it was not this speaking in tongues with, with, uh, with an utterance of communication. It was speaking in tongues with a, with a utterance of, of prayer. So it's lifting our hearts directly to God, not speaking to man. And so we were corporately doing that. And as I was doing that, the Holy Spirit uh, changed my tongue. And there was a gentleman who was in, was port, was from Brazil, and he said, "You're speaking a language, a dialect of Portuguese that that we speak only of some small quarter of small portion of of our of Brazil speaks it." And he was telling me everything that we, that I was saying. So there's a time that you can actually be praying in tongues, but what you're praying is coming from a dialect that's in that that the Holy Spirit is picked. There's several times that I've been I've done that where corporately. I'm praying, and then someone will come and say, "Oh, this is what you're speaking. You're saying in Swahili." Now, then, that's the that's the that's the speaking in tongues. Uh, there was a time when I was in in Holland with my wife. She's Dutch, and and she we were in a service in without an interpreter because um, I was going to be I was the speaker. But before um, they brought me up to speak, I was just listening to the pastor, and the pastor just communicating to the to the congregation. Now, I don't know, I don't know Dutch, but I started to hear clearly exactly what he was saying. And it was not, I can't say exactly. I, it was more like I had a full interpretation of what he was saying, not a full translation. And translation would mean I would know word for word, but at the end of every sentence, I knew what he was saying. And so I was like, that's great. That's awesome. And my wife's like, what do you, what do you mean? That's great. That's awesome. Do you understand what he's saying? I'm like, yeah, I understand exactly what he's saying. This, he has said this, 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 and this. And she's like, that's, that's exactly what he was saying. And she knows, I don't know a lick of Dutch. She knows I have no idea. Uh, you know, and I'm, so I, I understand a few words now, but then we were newly married and I had no idea what was being spoken, but the Holy Spirit did. And he helped me with that interpretation. That is so awesome. So helpful when there's no interpreter too, right? Yeah, exactly. 
So um, we have been talking on this podcast too about some of the counterfeits. Like we've talked about how Reiki healing is a counterfeit of the gift of healing, but that the gift of healing, these, these gifts that you talk about from 1 Corinthians 12 in your book, these gifts actually come from God. He authorizes us to use them. He enables us to use them. And, you know, with the gift of healing, we're able to see the sick be healed and perform miracles. Yeah. Um, you talked about on one of your videos, you talked about how when you first started out with the gift of healing and how you had some failed experiences and including with a lady in the bus. Yes. <laughs> talk, talk to us about that and also why it's so important to keep um, to keep trying, to keep persevering and pressing through. Oh, very good. Well, uh, doctor, this is very important because the the for me, I needed to know that Jesus was he was real. Um, so it wasn't just that I wanted to see healing, but I wanted to know that Jesus was real. This is for me the proving ground of Jesus because I, I'd been you know in around. I I was a Muslim prior to being a Christian. I was born in a Christian home. My mom converted to Islam. I became a Muslim with her for a while, and and then I realized five times a day praying that there was no evidence of of Allah. There was no power. And, and literally the, the Quran doesn't have any provision for healing except for through Jesus. You see Jesus as a healer in the Quran, but not any, anyone else. So the provision, I didn't, I didn't have that. So um, when I got saved, I, I didn't want anything that I would read in the Bible to be a lie. It needed to be true. I needed to know exactly that this God was a God that was telling the truth. And so I, I saw that the Bible says that he's a, he was a healer. That, that in the scripture that he not only himself healed, but his disciples healed. And to me, it was as if, and it was, you know, it was, it, it was as if he just walked the streets and everywhere he went, he just laid hands on people and people got healed. And so what I thought is there's no better way to prove Jesus than to go and heal the sick. And so I went out every day uh, on the street and I would try to find someone that was sick. I'd lay hands on them. And and I, I in in the book you'll you'll see it, but I I wrote I probably laid hands on over a hundred people, and and just didn't see any healings, nothing, and I would come home every day so angry because I'm like I love the presence, I love the way I feel when I pray to you, I love all of this stuff. I didn't have any of that when I was when I was praying with uh, to Allah. I had no no presence, no feeling, no sense of anything but sense of duty but in responsibility to pray five times a day. But when I got saved, I felt the presence of God. So I wanted him to be real. I didn't want him to be, I didn't want him to be false. I wanted him to, but he needed to be true to his word. There was, for me, there was no sense of having something that was the word of God and his words were lies. And so I would go out again. I'd come back and I would, you know, pray. I'd go out, pray for people. If it didn't happen, I'd come back and I'd be so mad, Melissa. I'd just be so mad, doctor. And I'd say, just this is this is not right. You say that these are your words and you don't do them. I can't serve you. I can't do this. I refuse to do this. Be someone who believes in a lie just because it's something that feels good. And so I'd go back out again. One day I was on a bus and I was preaching in an area called downtown Tacoma. It was, it was Tacoma, Washington. And I would go in the streets and it was a pretty rough area at the time. And, and I would just preach on the streets, just preach in front of a bus stop, just preach wherever I could. And so I'd catch the bus about 30 minutes, 40 minutes to get there and 30 minutes and 40 minutes to get back to my home. Um, so I went out 
preached on the streets, nothing happened, no experience, but I was still full of hope. And then I got on the bus. And as I walked on the bus, I walked past this woman who had ear, had uh, hearing aids. And, and I remember the day was, it was a summer day, Washington summer in Washington. People think Washington just rains, but Washington has a very hot summer. And so it was, it can get up around a hundred, hundred degrees. And I, and I see this woman, I'm thinking, this is great. This woman's on the bus. She's deaf. This is a busload of people. We're going to get on a, on a road that's going to take us about 40 minutes with no stops. This is the perfect time to preach, right? This I'm going to preach on the bus here. And so I said to her, I said, ma'am, can I pray for you? And, and as I, as I, in, and she said, yes. I said, I'm a Christian. Can I pray for you? I believe that God heals. And so I asked her to take her hearing aids out, put my fingers in her ears. And, you know, again, you, you kind of know me. So, you know, at the time I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm loud now, but I'm, I was really, really loud prayer then. And I was, and I was really aggressive and I grabbed her hand and I was like, in the name of Jesus. And I'm shaking her hand in the name of Jesus. I command these deaf and dumb ears. And I, and this tells you exactly how, how intelligent I was about the things of sickness. I said, deaf and dumb. She could speak to me. So she wasn't deaf and dumb, but I, I, and I, and I, and I pulled my fingers out of her ears and, and I, and I want to hear from her. How are you doing? Can you hear everything? And uh, she, she, she says, what did you say? And I said, what? And it's coming like this. <laughs> and then she said, what did you say? I'm like, and then she says, well, hold on. She, have, she puts her area hearing aids back on and back in. And she says, sorry, I couldn't hear you. And I felt like this tight. I felt tiny. I felt small. I felt embarrassed. I felt like, you know, disappointed and let down. And I walked to the back of the bus and I was so mad. I was so angry. I just put my head down and I rode that bus for 40 minutes uh, back home. And then I had one of those come to Jesus conversations with Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, we're just pursuing, pursuing, continue to pursue. And I, you know, just did that over and over and over and over until I saw my first miracle. I've had a very similar experience. My a friend and I were in a thrift store and there was a deaf lady we asked to pray for. And here we are sticking our fingers in our ears and praying for her. <laughs> and, and nothing happened. And we we're just like, oh, that was embarrassing. <laughs> but we persevered and we have both seen many, many <laughs> miracles and healing since then. So if you just persevere and stick with it, God shows up. Um, some cute. of these gifts of the spirit, um, they involve hearing from God, like the gift of prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning the spirits. Can you talk to us about some different ways that God can speak to people and different ways maybe that he speaks to you and that you hear him best? Oh, very good. Well, and, the, and it becomes very refined as you get as you like hone in on what your what your inclination is. And I and we call them gifts, but I really love the word grace, whatever my grace is, whatever the grace is on me. I have the grace to hear. I have the grace to see. I have the grace to have uh, sensations. The anointing will reveal things. And the reason I want to move away from even though we use the term group gifts is people feel either separated or included when we say gift. But when you say grace, it feels like it's available for everybody. And actually, the word that's used for uh, the word gift in the scripture is the word charis, uh, which is a grace, a grace or a favor that is given to you. Um, seeing and hearing and knowing, those are ways to, to have the gifts of the Spirit. So prophecy, uh, you can have tongues and interpretation. Tongues, someone speaks out a message in tongues. Like previous, we were talking about speaking in tongues and someone can come 
and say, I have the interpretation of that. And that interpretation will become an utterance of spoken direction or utterance of spoken, uh, spoken word. So with words of wisdom, words of knowledge, uh, discerning of spirits and gift of prophecy. Now the, this words of wisdom will be uh, just in its very, I mean, this is very basic level. So words of wisdom, you're going to get, you're going to receive information that instructs, you're going to receive re revelation that instructs you, insight that instructs you. So it's always going to be about a wise way of doing things or wisdom instruction. If you follow that instruction, then it will activate something else. It will activate a gift of miracle or some kind of power to manifest what you've been instructed to do. Um, go, you know, if you, if you, if you're told to go and go fishing, Peter, go fishing, cast your net on this side. If he casts his net on the wrong side, then you cast your net on the right side, cast your net on the right side. If he says that, cast your net on the right side, then that's where the miracle is on the right side, not on the left side. So not just casting your net. So that's the word of wisdom. It's instruction. Then there's the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is information. So information that's going to be given to you where you're going to be able to know what you didn't know. You're going to have a sense of knowledge. I was in, I was going to go preach for a, uh, um, again, a young, a youth minister. And I sat down with him and his wife at, at a restaurant and never met them before. And this moment I sat down, the Lord showed me a, a lump in her breast. Well, that's knowledge. That's knowledge that I saw this knowledge, this information. And now I know I need to know what do I do with this? I mean, I have information here. What do I do with this information? Well, that always leads us into something else, another gift. So the word of wisdom will lead us into a gift of healing or a gift of prophecy or some other gift that's going to activate the solution. The knowledge itself is not a solution. So we will have, we will have, um, you know, you'll see the psychic hotline. Psychic hotline, they have, they have kind of a knowledge, but they don't have a power to follow up that knowledge. So they'll say, you know, whatever it is. So that knowledge is a false knowledge. It's a, it's a, it's a violation to the order of direction of how things should be delivered. And that's why it doesn't follow a pattern of power behind it. So, I went to the service that night and I said, you know, the Lord showed me a lump in your breast and this is what the Lord wants you to do. Then he, instead of giving her a direct healing, he gave her a word of wisdom. He says, God wants you, God, God wants you to go to the doctor and they're going to diagnose you with cancer. They're, they're going to, they're going to try treatment, but you're going to have to tell them to ask for another test. So that's where the wisdom came from. She had to ask for another test. So if she would have just said, well, you know, she got the first diagnosis, then actually she asked for another test, a second diagnosis, uh, do it again, try it again. Then that's where the word of wisdom kicks in. That's where the, that's where the power kicks in. When soon she follows that wisdom, then the power of healing. So it wasn't just direct healing. So that's moving through the information. And there's a lot of directions that information can lead you, can lead you to prophecy, can lead you directly to healing, can lead you to other things. So she ended up asking for another test. As she asked for another test, the doctors were so, so furious, so mad, thought she was just in shock. And But she, she, she really stood on it. Her husband called me actually and said, are you sure that we need to, we need to, we need to do this? And I said, well, let me pray about it. Went back. The Lord said, ask for another test. So I learned, don't change your word. Go back to prayer. Ask God what he meant. And so I said, no, she needs to go for another test. She needs to ask for another test. The doctor was so mad. The nurse came in and encouraged her and said, I see your faith. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to push this through. They get another test 
and she's completely healed. The, the tumor had disappeared. That was a word of wisdom. That was information. Now then there's prophecy, future telling and foretelling. Future telling, telling the future, and then you know foretelling of what's going to come to pass, uh, insights to what the future is, uh, being able to also edify, exhort, and comfort people in the midst of, so not only futuristic, but currently, right now. Uh, the prophecy is very broad. It's very big, but, it's very, but at the same time, it's broad, it's distinct. Um, so being able to see in the future, being able to know what's coming next, being able to have actions on what comes next, uh, being able to uh, fore foretell what's happening, those are all prof prophetic things. You can be a, a seer in, your, in any of these revelations, someone that sees uh, sees in a vision, someone that dreams. You can be a, a knower. I know, I know that I know. You'll hear people say, "I, I don't know, but I just, I just know it's in your knower." It hits you more, uh, not here in your knower in your head, but you, your knower in your heart, and it then moves to revelation in your head. So these are just some of the some of the ways that you would you could hear. But you could have you can have um, these things function. All these things function. And the Bible gives us this very clear picture of how to increase in these. Uh, the Bible says that they increase by the reason of use. So the more you use it, what you have, the, 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 the scripture says, if according to your faith, you prophesy. So if someone says, oh, you, you, you prophesy and, and you ask questions. Someone, someone once accused me of asking questions because I'm receiving knowledge, information, and I'll say, what does this mean to you? Uh, so I'll say, what does the name, you know, Melissa mean to you? Or I'll, you know, I'll say, what does this, this, these numbers mean to you? Well, I'm getting, seeing in part, but it doesn't mean I will stay in part. I'll see in part, but that sight in part is, is it, I can go on assumption and assumption will lead us to big trouble. So for me, I thought, well, I'm going to uh, prophesy according to my, my faith and not according to someone else's faith. So I'm going to ask some questions to get clarity. And then once the clarity usually comes in, then it kicks in the full revelation. Amen. That's so good. And that goes again back to why it's so important to have a relationship with God, with the gift giver. Because when you do, like when you're praying for the lady in the bus, when you didn't have that, you know, really developed yet, you, he yeah. could have given you like a word of wisdom and said, hey, this is what you need to pray off specifically. And exactly. she could have been healed. So, exactly. yeah, that's awesome. Exactly. Um, now you are the, and you don't you don't talk about this in your book, but you teach about it in your coaching program. And you're the first person that I've ever really heard apply the gifts of the spirit to business. So if you're willing to talk about that just for a little bit, and then you can talk about your coaching program. But you talk about you know having the Holy Spirit as a business partner and how things like the gift of healing can operate in a business setting. Can you talk about yeah. that? Sure, sure. And what's really What's really um, fun about business and the supernatural is I'm really I'm hoping with our coaching program that we raise up an army of these individuals who are inspired by God to go into the marketplace and to see the kingdom of God come. Now, not in the sense that we just want people going into your offices and just praying for people, get seeing the sick healed, but every aspect of the the body is an aspect that's in the world. It's a part of the system. So one of the one day the Lord showed me that, you know, Tracy, there's coming to the earth in the marketplace systemic change. And he started talking about how change was going to happen in systems. And then he started to help me understand that, um, you know, 
that I, I had a gift of healing and that gift of healing wasn't limited to healing the body. I took over a church in Rainier Valley of, in, in Seattle, Washington. Rainier Valley was a, a, in, in is a very um, challenged area. And the, it's, it's, it's got a lot of diversity, but it has a lot of poverty and different challenges. And, and, I, and I moved from Orange County in San Diego, actually from San Diego, California to, to, to pastor there. And it was a completely different environment being from San Diego and then being, and then being in that area. And I remember thinking, Lord, and I had this conversation to him because we had, you know, we had drug addicts shooting up on the streets. We had, um, you know, this on our on our on our store on our doorstep, leaving their needles. And I remember thinking, God, why did you call me to do this? This is so beyond my my space and my sphere of influence. I don't know how to handle this. I've seen miracles and I've seen God, but I don't know why you called me here. And he, and he said, you are you have the gift of healing. And the gift of healing has the ability to acquire things that are dilapidated and bring restoration to them. And that's when he started to teach me that the gift of healing, that's part of the book, the first book, um, that's the book Becoming a Pioneer of Success is how the Holy Spirit is your success coach. And that's what he taught me in those nine days is that the Holy Spirit is my success coach. And um, so in that, I started to learn, okay, the gifts of the Spirit he if he's if he's part of me that means he's going to teach me how to do business with him so he started to teach me that acquiring companies acquiring businesses acquiring things uh that the gift of healing will kick in and i'll see the cure for it i'll see how to fix it and and then the power of my hands working on it and doing it will bring healing to that system and that structure and so i i found that in every sphere of influence whether it's uh the medical field or whether it's the, the, whether it's ministry, religious mountain, or whatever, if you want to use the mountain terms, pillar terms, whatever terms, whatever sphere of influence, um, there is a gift from God that is to flow in a person's life that will make it better. We see it with Joseph. Joseph had his dreams, and the whole system was cha- was changed because Joseph had this, the dreaming, the ability to dream, the words of knowledge, the words of wisdom. He put in application wisdom uh, seven years of this, seven years of this, what we're going to do he immediately. We don't hear Joseph receiving a word of knowledge from God in, in what to do, but we see Joseph having an activation of the gift of, of wisdom that he says, what we're going to do is we're going to collect for seven years and we're going to be prepared for, this, for the scarce years. So that's wisdom, the gift of wisdom. So that's, that's the system that God wants. And he wants us to be uh, what he calls embedded, he, the way he spoke to me, embedded Daniels. Daniels that are embedded into the system of the marketplace or the world or government and having the the ability to go to sleep and wake up with a solution. That's powerful. I mean, that's just powerful. That Daniel's gift was sleeping. I mean, Daniel's gift was interpretation of what was sleeping. Daniel's gift was was that okay, like King, that. go go to sleep, go to sleep and and go, tell me what you said, right? Tell me what, what was what your dream is, and then I can interpret it. That's pretty powerful. And, and yet the whole nation was saved. And that's what God wants. Amen, that's so good. And you also talk about the different gifts of the spirit and how they can operate in business. And one of the that I have written down that you um, said in one of our coaching things was that the gift of miracles, it's when a person has that gift of miracles, they can come in and something will work when that person's there. And maybe like six other people have tried that and it didn't work. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Sure, sure. And the working of miracles is really a, a powerful statement because if you think about, if you break down the Hebrew, I mean the Greek, the Greek words there, working, and and it's a it's an outworking, it's a power, a dunamis power of what the end result is to be. So that 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 statement, if we just we see it as working of miracles, but if you looked at the the right the words, the end result of what the power that was released to accomplish this. So that means when I walk in, I'm going to see the end result and I'm going to have the power to function in achieving that. When Jesus said, uh, rise up and take up your bed and walk, what did he do? He gave the guy an end result. You're going to walk home, take up your bed and walk home. Well, that's the end result. The, then him saying rise up gave him the ability. So when we step into our offices and we we now can see what no one else sees, we have discerning spirit spirits to see i see the solution so clearly the moment you start to give instruction it's going to that word of wisdom is going to activate the workings of miracles and it's going to be able to accomplish what no one else could accomplish because that's what the resistance is is waiting for someone that has the power to to build bend the limitations and that's what i like the most is when we have the power to bend the limitations when the limitations are not there for us but they're there for someone else. That means God wants to activate something uh, in our lives that helps us see beyond the, the problem. Most things in business are are post post um, uh, analysis. analysis. So, in in the sense that that someone is is going to say, "Why did that business work? Why was that business successful?" And then they go and they analyze that business and they say, "Oh, these are the five components or the four things that I learned about why, uh, you know that case study of that business." And so apply these to those. That's the working of miracles blows past all of that. You can have something that's not working in business. You apply the five things to it, but then God says, "Oh, there's one more thing," and He gives you that working of miracles. That thing in the 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 ability to accomplish what no one could accomplish will come out. The innovators, the innovation and the innovator will, will manifest. That's so good. And I'm so sorry I let us off track from your book and onto, onto this the aspect, but can you tell people how they can find out about your coaching program where you do talk about this kind of stuff? Sure, sure. And and you can you can lead this whatever the way you want to. I just enjoy talking to you about it anyway. So, you know, it's really rare that I can find a place where I can talk about business and and the supernatural. It's not a space that's accepted yet, but you're you're helping do that. Uh, we we meet together. Uh, we have a group that we meet uh, every Saturday, and it's called Influencers Influencers Accelerator. And you can, if you're interested, you can go to influencersaccelerator.global.global and uh, have access to that. And we meet online, and uh, and we have a group of people that are powerful. And like you said, the the you you if you want to do something, you'll find anyone in that group that says. Hey, I want to do it as well, and you ha- you can put together accountability group, and next you know you have your own podcast. So this is it's a it's a place for teaching, it's a place for collaboration, and it's a place to find that God is is interested in wealth building, and He wants to raise you up as a wealth builder or an influencer, someone who can bring about change. And if you have a message, we want to help you find the way to deliver that message. So that's influencersaccelerator.global. And I will put that in the comments afterwards to all make sure that we get some of those things in the comments. So going back to your book, is there anything sure. that you actually want to talk about specifically with your book? Well, I mean, there's so much, there's so much I, that I like to talk about in it, but I, I feel like there's very, very important um, 
aspect of it is that this this the scripture the scripture says that you are you are not just gifted your pneumaticos that 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 word the spirit governed by the holy spirit meaning that you're a new breed of believer you're a new kind of person your identity should shift into that and i think that's very important that we we know that god uh doesn't just doesn't just um want us to be christians but he wants us to identify as christ-like and if we can see it in christ then it should be functioning in us a lot of people see it in christ and they say well that's so powerful he's my christ but the reason for Christ to come, Jesus to come, was not just for us to die, for him to die on the cross and for him to, to take us to heaven one day, but for us to have a complete manifestation of who he is. And so he says in, in the scriptures, uh, he says, I will not, I have to go away. I will not leave you as orphans, but there's one that's coming and he is going to be your helper, your paraclete, your paracletos. So someone who's going to stand next to you, is going to stand by you. And, and then Jesus says this, he, and he will be with you forever. So this idea of dispensational power in the past, but no, no power now uh, is wrong because Jesus said the Holy Spirit in his functionality, my helper will be with me forever. So this dispensation that says, oh, that was back in the day. We needed that then. We were real primal and primitive. And that's when we needed the gifts of the spirit. Can I tell you, I believe that the more sophisticated, the more is the more we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've actually made ourselves so sophisticated. That word sophistication comes from a Hebrew word, which is the word that's associated to um, to the that that you are cunning. That 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 word cunning, you are slithery. That's that word sophistication. It comes from that place where God said to the to to the to, to the serpent that you're cunning, slithery, you're, you're sophisticated. So the more sophisticated we become, the more like Satan we become. And we need to become more childlike to become more like Christ. And the more childlike we are, then we are interested in, in having the fullness of things that not, not sly, not slithering, not knowing so much, not having the Gnosticism that grows in our knowledge to God, but grows in our experience. And I believe that we should have this place of experience that brings us into a greater baptism. So that's what the scripture says. He says, uh, he says, I will not leave you orphans, but but I'm going to send this paraclete. Now, what does that mean? Can okay, orphan is someone who doesn't have a father, doesn't have a mother. Uh, in the scripture, it says in Leviticus that you you have a mother, but your father is not with you. Right. So that means what he's saying that if I'm an orphan, that I don't have a father, that the Holy Spirit now is going to come and is going to help me know my father. What a brilliant thing. The more I know about my father, the more I know about, the more I know about who I am, the more I can see myself. Well, what's the progression of that? Well, the Bible is very clear. And I asked the Lord, I said, I said, I remember going to prayer when I was getting this revelation. I said, God, um, I, I, I see the Holy Spirit and I see Jesus, but I want to know you, Father. And he takes me to scripture that this scripture reference that says, if uh, the Holy Spirit will show me Jesus and Jesus will reveal to me the Father. If I've seen Jesus, I've seen the Father. Well, I know that the progression of me getting to know the Father is the Holy Spirit. So as I gain this deeper intimacy of the Holy Spirit, I won't be an orphan anymore. I will go away from being an orphan. Now, why is that important? Because some of the reasons I don't believe, some reasons I believe I was challenged in praying for the sick is I was still trying to prove that I wasn't an orphan. 
But when I realized that I'm no longer, I'm no longer a part of a family that's separate, but I can do what my family does. My fa- my father in heaven created. He said, let there be light and it created. My, my, the, the son that came from the father in heaven said, you know, let there be, you know, let there be healing, stand up and walk. So, and then the Holy Spirit comes and he hovered over the, the faith that I am a part of a family that is literally a creative family that creates out of nothing, that releases power, that releases glory. So I'm no longer an orphan. The moment that orphan spirit is broken from the relationship of the Holy Spirit, you are now a part of it. And the Bible says in Romans that you now have a cry in you that says, Abba, Father, that bears witness with you that you are a child of God, that you are a son of God. Now, this is a long story. I'm telling you, you asked me what I, what I wanted, but this is this is for me the essence of this book. So why do we operate in the graces? Because I'm graced to have those things in my life as a family member of God. The, and then I'll, I'll, I'll stop ranting here in a moment, just, but this is a, the thing about this, that, that, that he goes on and he says that I'm going to leave, but, you know, he says, I, and, and he's going to come with you and going to stay with you forever. And again, paraphrase, paraphrasing, but he says, I, I, he says, but you will know in that day, I'm in you, you in me. And, and, and well, Christ, basically Christ, Christ is in the father and you are in me and I'm in you. So he lays out this, this, this picture that I, I was sitting there meditating and I, and I had to draw it out and I drew it out and it looked like a bullseye. So I drew a circle and the first circle was the father. And then I drew a second circle inside of that. And that second circle was Jesus, the son. Then I drew a circle with me. And then I drew a circle with the Holy Spirit inside of me. And I realized what he was saying is that when you have the Holy Spirit and you're no longer an orphan and you've been engrafted into your father, the relationship with your father and in, in, in your family, and you can cry out, Abba, Father, that you are now wrapped in what the Bible, you're wrapped with God and filled with God. And if we look at that, we look at the, just the, the, quick bull, the quick target, the Father, the Son, you, and the Holy Spirit. That means you're one with God. Now, we know that people think that when they hear that, oh, you can't do that. I'm one with God. No, that's the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Godhead. But he stuck you in there. He put you in the midst of that. And then the Bible says that we are one with Jesus. So there's a oneness that I don't think that we capture in the earth, that we still see ourselves separate and one day going to be to heaven, going to going to be with God in heaven, where he's like, I want you to be one with me now because the works that I do, you can do also because you're part of the family, right? And so I think that this is, for me, very exciting. I haven't had a chance to be interviewed and talk about this. This is so great that you invite me on. Um, but this is thrilling to me. This is just thrilling to me that not only do we have the gifts and the grace, but we have a we have a family. We're part of the family. That's 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 powerful. Amen. That's so good too. And another analogy that you've used that really kind of, it, it just gives a really great visual is the, the oyster. So you've got the shell of the oyster, you've got the meat of the oyster, you've got a pearl inside, and then you've got, yes. so you're the pearl and then the Holy Spirit is inside of you. That just for visually, yes. that really helped me out a lot. I liked that. That's so good. Thank you for bringing that up. 
So one of the things with um, spiritual gifts, I've heard analogies with people kind of likening them to, you know, at Christmas time, you have this Christmas tree, there's presents under the tree and all these gifts are for you. And why would you leave some unwrapped? Why would you not open them all? And God has all these gifts for us. He wants us to unwrap and unpack them all. And there's a quote in your book, I think it's on the very last page here, but you basically talk about that so many of us are dissatisfied and we have this sense of greatness, but we don't understand it. And how I think that's, you're really kind of relating it to, we have these gifts, but we haven't opened them. We haven't unpacked them. And we know that there's this greatness in there and it comes to these, you know, gifts and this relationship with the gift giver. Do you want to maybe talk a little bit more about that and where your thoughts were with that? Sure. And I think, I think what's really, what's really important is the gift giver is this such a biggest part because it's now moves out of um, the fact that I just have a gift, but man, when I grab the package, you know, I'm going to pull, I'm going to use my tissue box. <laughs> when I grab the package, like, thank you for this. Thank you. And I just, I have to stop talking to the tissue box and I have to start talking to the giver. Right. So the gift is only going to get me to look at the giver, like what kind of giver are you? And so, you know, someone gives you a gift. And you're like, ooh, that you gave me socks for Christmas. Hmm. Right. That gives you and it's like, oh, ooh, what is this? I don't know what that is. But someone gives you an amazing gift. You look at them and you're like in awe. And so people don't realize that God has given us gifts to bring us in awe. I'm literally in awe all the time. Just a few weeks ago, a woman whose ear was was she was born she was born deaf in one of her ears completely deaf and she was in the service and i was praying had word of knowledge for people with deaf ears and and nowadays i'm just calling out words of knowledge and, and you're knowledge. not laying hands on everybody i'm calling words of knowledge and then i just say be healed and then people's like popcorn it starts happening so so this lady she comes up and she testifies at the end. There's people that had it ringing in the ears and they had different, you know, tendonitis problems. They had different problems in their ears. They were healed, um, partial deafness. This lady, she says, I was born deaf, which is a very, very important. That's the, that's the work of the Messiah. When, you know, tell John that the blind see, the deaf hear, ear, deaf hear, those are, those are, these were born blind. That's the, that's the work of the Messiah or the, the anointing of the, the Messiah or the anointed one. So whenever that happens, I'm really curious because I want those to prove that Jesus is the Messiah. So she comes and she says, I was born deaf. And all of a sudden, when I when you were calling out, she goes, God, I want that. I need that. And then God opened her ears just like this, open her ear. And she, she's been completely healed. Now, that to me is 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 powerful. When I when I see that I'm listening to her testimony, I'm hearing her family, I'm interviewing her family members interview her mom. I want to know what was it like to have someone like this around? And what's it like now? Uh, well, they're like, wow, she couldn't hear us. And if we, unless she turned to one side and I'm that leaves when I walk away, I go, God, you're so amazing. My relationship with him goes to another level. Cause first of all, I don't know anything about the ear. <laughs> I have no idea. I just, you got to clean the wax out. I have no idea of anything else. I have no idea. So I'm, there's no medical in, insight for me that God would use someone like me that has no knowledge, that has only him, only intimacy with him, relationship with him to open up someone's ears so that they can hear. It just makes me fall deeper in love with God. I love the giver more and more, not because he's, 
but I'm just in awe. I'm shocked that the gift kind of gift he would give me, the kind of the way he would use me. I, I just am shocked with that. And so you can't help but just fall in love with the giver even more. And so people who are afraid to open up the gift, they're afraid of, of basically themselves. They're concerned that the greatness that they feel inside does not connect with the greatness that they have from a God, that God believes in you enough to use you. He trusts you. And if we realize that this is all about trust, that this is about how he can trust me, I can trust him. And when we when we get past ourselves and we go, yeah, deep relationships are about how much you can trust each other. The more I fall in love with somebody, the more I connect with someone. When you said, hey, can you come on this this podcast? I'm like, yes, yes. Hello. We've been connected for over you know, a year or so. It's like, I trust you. I trust you. I trust your words. I, I trust your integrity. Yeah, no problem. Because trust is about the, the, the relationship is about how much we can trust one another. And so when we don't open up the gift, we don't actually trust that gift giver. We don't trust that there's something good for us there. And that's one of the things about God. He is so good. He's a good God. He's a good father. And these gifts, he gives us these gifts for us, but they're not just for us, right? Like he gives us this, yeah. these gifts and they're for us to share with everybody else. They're for the benefit of the of everybody else. They're not just for us. That's it. That's it. And that's, that's, that's what, and the realization is if you're a doctor, you go through the school, like you're a doctor, you go through school, go through training, however you, be, you, you get that title, that empowers you to help someone. You are now, if you are, if you're a child of God, you're empowered to help someone. That's powerful. So why wouldn't you? If you knew that you could help someone, you have in your ability to do it, why wouldn't you? Uh, it's, 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 it's insecurity. And so you want to move past that insecurity by growing deeper in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is gentle, but he really, really wants you to be confident. So he'll give you a gift of faith. He'll give you whatever you need. I, I remember there, there was a, um, a time when I went to spend time with a, a, a gentleman by the name of Oral Roberts. He prayed for me. And, and my, my request was, Will you pray for me to receive the miracles that you received? Oral Roberts prayed for over a million people and 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 prayed literally in the in the voice of healing days, prayed with his, you know, laying hands over over a million people like this, reaching that it wore out his rotator cuff. It just wore it down. He was praying for a million people and um saw the mo most so many miracles. They had the largest tent crusades and and you know, built Oral uh, Oral Roberts University. I went to minute, I went to sit with him and you know just to ask him to pray for me to to receive the gift of miracles um, for greater healings and he prayed something he says I pray God that you would give him the ability to believe God and I thought that's that's not what I asked for that's totally not what I asked for I want I wanted the gift of miracles Lord he's getting old can you help him can you help him remember that I asked for the gift of miracles Lord help him out and, and he said, I pray that you would believe God. And it took me six months. One day I was walking, uh, you know, got up in the middle of the night to, to, to go to the restroom. And the Lord yelled at me, I'm trying to get you to believe me. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to, is that God wants us to believe him. And I was like, it shook me to the core. And I realized, okay, I need to believe. And at that point, I started to, I started to receive greater levels of miracles because it wasn't about me it was about me believing him it was about him and the more we make it about him the less we make it about ourselves the more we'll open up those gifts amen
All right. Well, we are, we're wrapping up our time here. So can you tell everybody how they can order your book and find out more about you? Sure. I am actually uh, doing, I'm giving a free webinar at thesupernaturalistbook.com. And the webinar teaches on the gift of healing and, and helps people receive their healing. And so you can go and watch that. And that's about 35 minutes. And then there's also a way to order the book there. I think I'm giving away something else. I'm, oh, I'm giving away teaching on how to reform the world through the gifts of the spirit. That's a course there as well. So that's at, at the supernaturalistbook.com. And, um, and of course, you can order it on Amazon. But it, uh, there was other benefits if you go to the supernaturalistbook.com. You get connected with me and we will send you uh, more, more free teachings and trainings on the gifts and the grace of the Holy Spirit. And then your website, tracyarmstrong.com, that's got some information on your other coaching programs, correct? Yes, yes tracyarmstrong.com. And um, that will that will pretty much give you access to everything. I think you can get to Citadel Church from there um, and even Destiny Channel from there. Okay, great. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on my show. I just want to bless you and bless your family. Could you pray us out? Sure, sure. Father, we thank you for Dr. Melissa. We thank you for the grace that you've given her for this and for the people, uh, the listeners and those that are that are hungry for the things of the kingdom. Uh, Lord, this is the time for your kingdom to come. This is the year uh, that I believe that something amazing is going to happen that's going to awaken the world. And we want to be a part of it. I pray the, the, the grace that is from the Holy Spirit would empower each and every one of you that you would be pneumaticos, that you'd be a different kind of believer, someone who is spirit-governed, spirit-led. I, I pray that you would no longer be an orphan, but that you would be in your father's leading, in your father's arms, that you'd be part of the family, the family of creative power. And I pray, activate every gift, every grace in your life, from, from healing to prophecy, to words of knowledge, words of wisdom, that you, you would have dreams. I release the grace of God on you, for this hour, there's someone waiting for you to be uh, who you're called to be, to step into your gift. You're going to be able to set the captives free and we release the grace on you to do this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. People can also get a hold of me at, um, on Instagram as well. Uh, Tracy Armstrong, T-R-A-C-E-Y Armstrong on Instagram. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. This was this is wonderful. I can't wait to finish up the book. I've I've kind of like sped read through it, but I want to actually go back and actually have time to to go through it and actually really read it and absorb it. So this is great. Thank well, you thank so much. You. Thank you for inviting me and let me know what you think and if you have any questions going through. I will. Thank you so much. All right. Blessings. Thanks for listening. Join me next time as we continue to explore the supernatural on What's Up with Dr. Rupp.